let us stand. Amen. Let's just bow our heads. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just we appreciate you this morning, Lord. Lord, from the depths of our heart, Lord, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for all that you do and all that you've done and all that you're continuing to do in our life, Lord. Lord, our desire, Lord, is that you have your preeminence in our life now, Father. Lord, as we open the service this morning, we ask that you have your perfect will now, Father, Lord. Lord, we enjoy your atmosphere, Lord. We look forward to being in the house of the Lord. Thank you for allowing us to be here now, Father. We ask you now, Father, Lord, to open as we open this service, Lord, that your anointing just fill this place now, Father. Fill our hearts and fill our spirits now. So we make an atmosphere for the word now, Lord. Bless those that had a desire to be here this morning. Couldn't make it, Lord. Lord, you know their hearts, Lord. And we ask now, Father, to be with them now, Father. Lord, we love you and we give you the praise, give you all the honor, give you all the glory. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen, amen, amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning, amen. Amen. Let's sing a little bit of See the Bright Light Shine. Amen. See the bright light shine. It's just about home time I can't see my father standing at the door This world is a wilderness I'm ready for deliverance Lord, I've never been this homesick before about home time Oh, I can't see the Father standing at the door This world is a wilderness I'm ready for deliverance And I've never been this homesick before Everybody singing out, oh the bright light shine It's just about home time Oh, I can't see My father standing At the door It's a wilderness I'm ready for deliverance Lord, I've never Set in splendor, someone standing at the open door. I can't see the crystal river, Lord. I must be near forever, and I've never. 
never been this home sick before. Let's put our hands together. We'll see the bright light shine. It's just about home time. I can't see my father standing at the door. This world is a wilderness. Deliverance, and I've never been this home sick before. I can't see my family gathering, each face they're all familiar. No one will be feeble anymore. just about well I can't see at the door this world is a wilderness I'm ready well I've never been this home sick Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Well, give me that old-time. Give me that old It was good in 
furnace It was good for Paul and Silas It was good for our fathers It's good enough for me Give me that old Give me that old Give me that old time religion that old time religion is what's going to give you life just like we heard in Sunday school this morning how many has a need on their heart to want God to move let's pray Heavenly Father Lord we, we just love being here in church Father Lord already feeling your atmosphere as Brother Tony just mentioned Lord your spirit is here Lord we don't have to invite you you're already here but, Father, may we take advantage of that spirit that's here. Father, I just pray, God, may you just move upon this service, anoint the singing, the special singing, the most of all our pastor, Father, as he brings forth the word. Anoint our ears to receive. Lord, you see every hand that was raised. You see the need that's behind that heart, Father. Lord, you know each one, Father, and move according to your perfect will. Lord, I just pray right now, Father, for our good friend, Brother Joe, and his family, Father the passing of his son last night father lord may you just go there and be comfort for them lord god only you can do it father we can say words but only you can bring that comfort father i just pray but move, move father lord bless the tithes and the offerings those that streaming father may you be with this service in jesus name amen peace of god Cover me, cover me, cover me, peace of God, cover me through the storm. Cover me Only in you I am safe 
Cover me when all seems 
that passes all I understand Cover me Cover me Let's get a Lord a hand, amen Amen You may be seated Sister Deb, if you come give us a song, amen. Amen. I have a special request. I may get in a little trouble, but um, right after they sing, I would like Brother John and Sister Meredith to sing Living Water. Amen. So they can be preparing themselves there. Let's give them another hand. Amen.
God bless you. The Bible says to be instant in season. Oh, we're not quite instant. But...
the cross of living water. Oh, lay your life down, I'll be your God. Rise up in these living waters. There's a It's already done. It's already done. 
scriptures to St. John 15 this morning. We hope to continue by the help of the Lord and perhaps might just get finished. It looks like the finish line is in sight. Might be able to get there. Amen. Praise the Lord. No giggling. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. We're happy to have you all on this sunny, still up there. I was just above the clouds. Don't ever forget, it's still there, this uh, wonderful, wonderful, sunny Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. The Son of God shining in our hearts. Amen. I just said, Lord, if we can have the rain of the Spirit equal to the rain we've had all this morning, I'll take it. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'll greet our visitors here. God bless you. Happy to have you. Other different ones, perhaps. Here we, um, we want to be remembering... 
the How to Shell family. I'm sure you got the notice that went out. Sister Becky called me about uh, 5.30 this morning. I guess they just found out. So they're sad, but they're also stalwart. They're also believing God that it is an answer to prayer that God saved their son in the only way he could. Sometimes, because God won't force you, but if you're his child, he'll just... Paul taught that. Brother Brown taught that. He'll just take you off the earth. Amen. To save your soul, according to St. Paul. And so uh, Sister Becky had actually went through a prayer line a few years ago, uh, Brother Ronaldine Spencer. And the desire on her heart was to say, this was what she said to Brother Ron. She said, I, I just want to be like Hattie Wright. I want to have the assurance that my children, I want to claim them and have the assurance that, he's, he, that she had. And she said, Brother Ron looked at her and said, all right, Sister Hattie, <laughs> claim it and believe it. Don't you never back up from it. And that's been her testimony. So today, even through the sadness and the tears, and I talked to Brother Joe and you could hear their hearts breaking as you can well imagine. Uh, but yet they are rejoicing in the mercy of the Lord. They firmly believe they will see that wayward young man again. Amen. Praise the Lord. Sister uh, Becky joins a small number of sisters here who have lost sons and uh, who were wayward, but the Lord, we're believing the Lord took them home. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> we have, um, we have uh, one announcement that after service today, amen, we are going to have a baptism. Praise the Lord. You're still on, Brother Josh. Praise God, we're going to be baptizing Brother Josh Morehouse at the end of service. So, uh, Amen. Praise the Lord. I told uh, all the brothers on the teams, I said, don't let me forget it. If you have to bing me with a spit wad, do. And immediately, you can't believe how they piled on. I'm bringing my ammo. <laughs> I'm making them now, Brother Charles said. <laughs> amen. So if y'all see one of them firing at me, say, duck. Amen. Praise the Lord. But we're happy in the Lord today, amen, happy to have all of you here, amen. We had a wonderful time at the youth gathering uh, Friday night. I so appreciated all the participation, and uh, it, was, uh, it was really, really good, the whole atmosphere. We managed to teach a little bit, a little uh, Bible study there, <clears throat> going to kind of, for the young people who got to hear some of that uh, Friday night, it was really just a continuation of Wednesday night when we just came to a screeching halt, and I, I wanted to say a few more things. I said it to them, so we might, young people, we might recap, not directly, but uh, recap some of the general thought from Friday night, and I want to go forward today, part nine of summing up the world near the end. It is a very perilous age that we live in, friends, and I'm, I'm glad to be able to tell you today that you are in a place where the supernatural power of God can come down and is obligated and has promised to meet your every need. There's nothing, nothing that's happening in the world with all the madness that we see that can overwhelm God's word. So, so you put your order in today, will you? You put your faith and say, Lord, I have needs in my life and I want to see the word. How many? I want to see the word come forward and put supernatural strength in me because I'll promise you 
that it will do that. It absolutely will. I've seen that so many times over the years. The Word of God just come in with the perfect solution to everything you could need. Um, Saint, uh, let's read from St. John 15, amen, this morning as we uh, open our Bibles. Um, see here. <clears throat> yes, perfect. Okay. We'll catch verse 1 to 8 and we'll let you be seated. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. So this makes him the farmer. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word. That's an important verse in verse 3. Ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Jesus seems to be really interested in you bearing fair reading. For without me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, if a man abide not in me, he's not letting it go. See, he didn't just want to say it, He's not, but he's not letting this go. If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, he's still, he's pressing his case. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done to you. Now here's the real goal. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit so shall you be my disciples. He has quite an interest in bringing glory to the Father by being able to live through you. But the only way he can do that is if you're out of his way. All right? Now I'm summing up the world at the end time. I'm not only summing up Satan's Eden, which we have done in previous lessons of this, but we're really coming down to this point that God is designed to have this world see one last time a quick, Brother Branham said, a powerful demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we know that we are living in that moment that he's desiring to do it. So if ever St. John 15 was important, I think we could, could conclude it's important today. And if you don't conclude that, I hope you will by the time we're finished with the sermon today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we ask for your divine blessing, Lord, upon it now. And I pray you to settle my heart and mind, Lord, as I read through these notes, I have such a burning desire to to go through them carefully and to, this may be the last portion in this series and I want to clinch it and drive the nail till it 
till it clenches, Lord. So I pray that you'll be my helper. I commit it to you. Give us all hearing hearts today. Thank you for the preparation, Lord, of the Spirit of God upon me. Thank you for anointing me, Lord, in prayer and in study. I commit myself into your hands now. Lord, we're remembering Brother Joe, Sister Becky, and all of the children. A very sad uh, loss, Lord. But, but Father, Paul told us, Paul didn't say that, that we don't sorrow. It's just that we don't sorrow as the world sorrows, having no hope. Our hope is in Christ. Our hope is in the word. Our belief and our faith is in a token, Lord, that was applied to that young man. Father, and so we are looking to you with confidence today as children would look to any father, Lord, with a great need on their heart. I pray you'll comfort them, lift them up above the shadows of this sorrow, Lord, and be their comfort, I pray. Help us to know, Lord, what we can do more for them. They are part of our Bethel family. They always will be. Lord, they're very special to us. And so we're asking for a very special blessing upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, friends. You can be seated. All right, so I want to just take five or ten minutes and just recap just quickly. Um, I'm definitely not going to burn up my time doing it, but I just want to make some quick points to you, and then we're going to take some scriptures and some quotes and different things uh, to stir you up by way of remembrance. Would that be Okay. Amen. I'm just looking to make sure that I'm all got all my ducks in a row here. I don't think I do, but that's okay. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Let me see why I don't. No, I do. Praise God. All right. Excellent. Okay. <clears throat> Let's have my title slide, Brother Noah. Amen. So we are... Summing up the world near the end, and I'm taking for a subtitle today, His Presence in Our Lives. His Presence in Our Lives. We were saying to you Wednesday night when we read our reading of St. John 15, how that Jesus in the early part of his ministry, his message to his disciples as it related to his relationship with them, was come and follow me. Uh, but there came a point late in his ministry. This is very late in his life. By the time you get to St. John 15, uh, the book of John doesn't go uh, much further. So this is coming near the end of his life. He has another very gripping prayer in the 17th chapter, and from there, his life begins to wind up rapidly. And so we were pointing out to you, uh, as did Andrew Murray, that great theologian from yesteryear, that's the commentator, I couldn't think of his name, Wednesday night, a wonderful servant of the Lord. And he was making the point, he was emphasizing 
that it's near the end of Jesus' ministry that now his message is going to transition and to not just follow me, but abide in me and I in you. Now that's going to become necessary. And this is the point that I wasn't able to get to so much Wednesday, but I was able to get it to the young people Friday is that the, the reason that you would need to abide that he changes his message. It's not so much that he changes it is that he increases it. He amplifies it. And so he's, because now he's getting ready to leave and the Holy Ghost is getting ready to come. And the disciples have had, they're not yet born again, but they've had the advantage of hanging out with Jesus. They've been with him. They've ate together, slept together, fished together, preached together, prayed together. And so they've had his presence there with them externally, uh, although they didn't have the Holy Ghost upon them yet. It was upon him, and that was a strong influence. Don't ever underestimate the strong influence you can have by having, by being in possession of the Holy Ghost and the influence you can have. Don't ever underestimate it. It's very powerful. And so what you want to do, you say, well, how can I make my influence how can the Holy Ghost in me, uh, I'm going to ask a good question on your behalf. How can I have the Holy Ghost in me affecting people and not just affecting them, but effecting change in their lives? How can I have that like Jesus had it? The answer is super simple. Jesus said, I do always that which pleases the Father. So Jesus had a life of prayer. He had a life of intentional dedication. Could I suggest to you today to serve God on purpose? Could I suggest to you today to have spirituality on purpose? Could I suggest to you today to make your prayer life intentional? Then if you do that, then your Holy Ghost will influence those around you who don't have the Holy Ghost, like maybe your children who have been raised in the ways of the Lord, who are being influenced by the Holy Spirit, and the greatest service that you can give to them as parents, the greatest service you can do as grandparents, the greatest thing you can do as a student in school is allow the Holy Spirit to, to work through your experience to those around you so that they can be affected and affected. <clears throat> Abide in me. So it's, a, it's further than just follow me because now near the end, before leaving for heaven, he's going to introduce this new phase to signify the need and the access to a deeper spiritual connection which is going to come on the day of Pentecost in the upper room. You're with me? All right. So when we look at that, we emphasize these two verses. Now you're clean through the word. That's Logos, which I have spoken to you. Now, you know, I, I didn't take the time, but because we've studied it so much in St. John 1, 1, you had that word Logos. In the beginning was the word. That's Logos. The word, the Logos means the established word. For those who haven't been here during the series, it just means the established word. But then 
Jesus would come down later. That's in John 1, 1. But in John 6, 63, he, he has this all-encompassing, vital, oh my, how vital. Don't forget John 6, 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. Paul would say that if you live by the flesh, you'll die. If you live by your flesh, you'll never produce for God. Even if you've been born again of the Spirit. Even if you've had a Holy Ghost experience. If you don't abide in Him. If you don't serve Him with fervor and zeal on purpose. Amen? With intent. I Listen, Paul said the same way that you served the devil at one time, now take that zeal and serve the Lord. I, I, you know, at one time we all had our conversation in the world and we love the world. Don't deny it. Because Paul has already identified it. We just have to admit it. And in that time you loved the world, you loved the things of the world. Maybe you were taught different. Maybe you, were, you knew you shouldn't do it. You didn't want to miss the rapture. You didn't want to go to hell. But, but the, the problem was your inner man lusted after the things of the world. Even though you knew it was wrong, you loved the devil. I'm sorry. But that's the fallen nature you were born with. Even if you were raised in a good home, taught to know better and desired even to do better. Hell is paved with good intentions. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. A lot of people had very good intentions. This young man, the rich young ruler, had very good intentions. He wasn't coming to Jesus for a show. He actually had served God by the law, but knew he still was coming up short. And he says to the master of life, what can I do? And Jesus said, give your all. That's really all he had to do. Give your all. Jesus beholding him, loved him. Give your all. Don't hold back anything. It's not just, Jesus wasn't chasing his money. Jesus wanted his heart. It wasn't just give all your money and give to the poor. Jesus was saying, come, take up your cross and follow me. See? So, but he couldn't do that. And so, we, he says here, the flesh profiteth nothing but the words. See, now that's Rima. The words that I speak unto you. They are spirit and they are life. So you have the world believing in the Logos just like you do. You understand? We give you the example of Isaiah coming to, uh, and Gabriel coming to Mary. Isaiah's prophecy was the Logos. But when the angel spoke it to Mary, you're it. Then, then God came down in a supernatural way and quickened her faith and she said, be it unto me. I don't see how, seems impossible, but I'm a believer of the word. And that faith in God's word was, was then, then what happened to Mary? She got pregnant. She became the Rima. The living. Isaiah's prophecy was Logos. It was just words. But Mary became that prophecy in a body. She became the living word, the rema of the Logos. And that's why Jesus said, it is the spirit that quickeneth. 
The rema that I speak unto you, not just that you memorize Bible verses, not just that you live by a code of conduct, but you have surrendered your life to Christ. You have been filled with his spirit and your life now is a constant quest to get you out of the way and put him in charge and you become the living word in the world. Say, how important is that? Brother Branham said it's so important that, it'll ra- that one of these mornings it'll raise the dead for hundreds of years. Is this bride becoming the Rima? It's not sufficient to quote and believe Malachi 4. It's not sufficient to quote Revelation 10, 7 and even believe it. You've got to, and you say, I even, I read 8 to 11, John eating the book, and I believe that too. It's not sufficient to just say, I believe it. Are you going to be it? Are you willing to be the Word? I'm going to tell you what, it's wonderful here in this atmosphere today, and it sounds, tastes very sweet in your mouth to say it. Yes, sir, I'll do it. We raise up our hands, but don't, you, don't think it won't be bitterness down in your belly because you're going to have to fight the greatest battle ever fought. You're going to have every devil with his guns trained on you. You make yourself a target, but I just say, bring it because I'm going to be a believer. That's it. I've made up my mind. I'm going to be a believer. And if I'm going to be one, I'm going to be a real one. Say, so you make a mistake? Sure. What do you do about it? Repent. Then what do you do? Get up. Then what do you do? Go forward. I will never stop. Hallelujah. How many are with me today? So it's so important, the words that I speak, the rima, the, in other words, the revealed word. Not just the Logos. All the Christian denominations have this. But it's the Spirit that quickeneth. It's the Spirit that giveth life. It's the Spirit that giveth revelation. Amen? So it's the anointed Word. It's the revealed Word. It's the living Word. That's the same thing, just in different phases. God reveals the Word. He anoints you to believe it, and then you become it. Easy to follow? All right, so now ye are clean through the word which I've spoken to you. That's why there's, there's a blessing in just reading this. There's a blessing in just hearing it. There's a blessing in obeying it even if you're not born again. Absolutely. This will give you a much better life even if you never become a Christian. If there, I've, I've often said if there was no heaven and no rapture, I'd still live by this because it's a better life. I'm never hung over. I get to keep all my money because I don't spend it on booze and fast living. I have a good name and a reputation. I have a bomb in Gilead that I can get healed by if I get sick. I have a comforter and a friend. Why? Why? I, I, it gives me. It makes me an honorable man. Who would not want to live by this, even if they weren't, even if there was no heaven? See the blessings of God. Jesus said, "Blessed are the merciful; they shall obtain mercy." Blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit, all these different things. You know, that's why in just just something as simple, human, the right mental attitude towards the Word of God. You know, we've told told this testimony for years. Brother Lynn Gibbs, who's gone on to be with the Lord, he preached tithes and offerings so strong 
as part of the Christian experience, and they asked Brother Branham, do you have to pay tithes to go to heaven? Brother Branham said, well, I, I can't say that. He said, but I can say this. If you are a Christian, you certainly will pay your tithes and offerings. He said, because that's what a Christian does. Because God overpays you and he gives you his portion to see if you'll bring it back to him. And if you put it in your gas tank or in a restaurant, you took your wife out or you bought a new car, you, you did that with God's portion. You didn't return it to him. How in the world am I on that? Oh, I know. I was telling you a story. Brother Gibbs preached that so strong. This is a true story. He had attorneys, high-rolling attorneys in that area where he lived who weren't even Christians, didn't even go to church, but they sent him tithes because they said, Pastor, we started doing it and we see God blessing us and blessing us and blessing us. And we ain't even Christians. God keeps his word just with a mental agreement. Amen? Please, can I move on? Thank you. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Wow, what was up with that? Anyway. So, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you. Now, I want to concentrate on that seventh verse. If you become the living word, this is mine, my, my, this is what, this is Brother Jason reading verse seven. If you abide in me and my word, since I know what Rima now means, abide in you, you shall ask what you will. In other words, you'll be the one bringing forth fruit. You'll ask what you will. You'll be the one operating supernatural power. You'll be the one putting devils under your feet. Who'll do that? The believers who abide. See, if ye become the living word by a new birth and maintain a close spiritual relationship with me, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you. You get it? Is that clear? NLT on the next verse. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Amen. So here's where we've been. I want to quickly read these next few slides. This is where, this was part of the theme of this series. Brother Branham in Christ is revealed in his own word, August of 1965. There's three manifestations. Now the next thing happens is when it's all gathered up into that one person, Jesus Christ, bride and body, he's talking about the coming of the Lord, the catching away, amen. How many believe we're right there? is when it's all gathered up into that one person, Jesus Christ, bride and body. See, I've been trying to get you to understand in this series that we can talk about summing up the world near the end, but this is summing up the bride. This is summing up Christ near the end. I already know it's Satan's Eden. I already know that he's the God of this evil age. I already know these things are are moving. I already know there's insanity everywhere on the streets. But what about me and you? Is it our destiny just to tough it out here forever? No! We're leaving in an exodus. We have a third exodus. What is going to happen just before we leave the earth? Thank you for asking. I'm summing it up. Now the next thing happens is when it's all gathered up into that one person, Jesus Christ, bride and body, At the physical return of the Lord Jesus, 
making his three times when he was brought on earth, killed, crucified, raised up, manifesting himself in the form of his body, which is his bride, the woman, you get it? She is part of his body and the woman and man is just so close together till they're just almost, they are the same. They ought to be anyhow. There they are, see, they just exactly manifest manifested the same. She is part of him because she was taken out from him. And the bride today is taken out from the body of Christ, which is acting and doing just exactly like he said it would do for this day, the bride, the queen, king, and the queen. All right, you got that. Amen? So... So when we come back to it now, Jesus introducing this new phrase, not merely follow me, but abide in me. All right? So I just want to give you a comparison of this for a moment. I'm granting my starting line is that you've already had a new birth experience. All right? So you're following the Lord. But there's a big difference between following and abiding. Because abiding, following, is standing in His presence as a follower. This is surrender. This is what your prayer life should be. When The next time you're on your knees, I want you to put this image in your mind. I am bowing and I'm putting my head in His bosom and I'm saying, Lord, help me today. I want to serve You more. I want to be surrendered more. I was praying that at 2.30 this morning. Lord, help me. I want to surrender more. Oh, I want to see the power of God move in your life, move in your home, move in your family. I, I'm, I'm dedicated to it. I'm committed to it. Oh, but I, I, I can't do it alone. Bethel, tabernacle, surrender, surrender, abide, abide. See, there's a massive difference between, between standing before God and kneeling. Not just men. There's a massive difference between a sister standing with her hands up. She's a follower of Christ. There's a big difference between that and that. Come on, sister. There's a big difference. Let me appeal to you today. This is the kind of lady you want to be on your knees, head bowed, saying, Lord God, make me more like you. Hallelujah. You accept that? I am more convinced, I am more convinced, listen to me, Bethel Tabernacle Ministry, I am more convinced that, that, that as the ministry emphasizes abiding in Christ as much as we emphasize forgiveness through His blood, that I believe that believers will produce more and more and more of His purity, of His gifts, of His life. I'm not just up here with a sinner's sermon. I'm not just here to tell you the blood of Jesus Christ forgives you. I'm glad you're following Him, but are you abiding in Him? Are you every day drawing closer? 
Oh, let it be, my brothers, that we, that we give equal time, not just to the forgiveness in the blood of Christ, but to the cleansing and to the changing power that it has and can have in our lives. If ye abide in me and my Rima abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. So if you become, as I said, if you become the living word by a new birth and you maintain a close and maintain, maintenance is such a word, you maintain a close spiritual relationship with Christ, then you're the one who will ask and God will hear. By, by bearing much fruit, you will, Jesus said, you'll glorify my Father. All right, and that's the purpose that Jesus lived for, to glorify the Father. And he says, and when you glorify the Father, then ye are my disciples. You're not just a believer, you're not just a follower, you're actually a disciple. Because the world, God is getting glory through your life. By bearing fruit, you will glorify the Father. All right. So, so I would say let us strive to bear as much fruit as possible. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That, that, that should, at this point, now the early part of this series, I was really emphasizing and teaching you from the prophet's message that it is this bride. She is the, his body. She's the continuation. But my message now as we come to a close because we're coming to the close of the age and we're, we're coming to the, that last moment and my message is beginning to push in this direction that we want to be able to demonstrate that our commitment is to Christ alone. And in that, and in that commitment, we, we can make uh, the Lord you know, glorified. I, I just would say today, are you willing to make that commitment today? To say, Lord, I don't just want to be a Christian. I just want to be a believer. But I want, to, I want you to help me today. Here's what I'll commit, Lord. You being my helper, I will begin. I see what the pastor's talking about. I'm going to get on the road to being more committed and more abiding and more surrendered. Come on, Bethel Tabernacle. Oh my, there's nothing you'll do to release power in your home more than that. In fact, is Rima must be in play for the established word to live out to his disciples. That was going to be a point that Jesus was making. That is what I told you Wednesday was the real non-negotiable. Non-negotiable is not the Trinity. The, 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 well, you know what? I, I, to, a, to a degree, it is the correct Trinity. Because the Bible says there's no other name given among men whereby they must be saved. And Brother Branham flatly says on tape near the end of his ministry, there's no redemption under those titles. If you've been baptized, you need to be baptized again if you got baptized wrong. See, so it becomes very important. But the real non-negotiable is that you allow the Holy Spirit to bring you to life and then you, 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 know, you allow Him to work in your life. Inspiration and anointing. I want to turn a corner now. Inspiration and anointing from the Spirit of God doesn't require a new birth in and of itself. It struck Balaam and he prophesied correctly. A star shall rise in Jacob. 
when the three wise men came, they were following that prophecy. It struck Caiaphas. And he prophesied concerning the sufferings of Christ. And he prophesied accurately. See? It struck Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar stood and said, I will say today there is no God but Daniel's God. Only the God of Israel is the true God. And, he, and that was what God taught him. You see, so, so it can strike false anointed ones. Brother Branham showed that it's a, false, it's a true anointing at the end time striking a false vessel. So I want to say again that inspiration and anointing from the Spirit of God doesn't require a new birth. But now I'm going to tell you something, friends. Uh, to, to, to be born again, that is Rima. That is Rima. That is the word alive. So, so it, it can strike that the anointing that brings Rima, the inspiration that brings Rima. Those men didn't become the living word. Did they? See? So when it falls on a true child of God, we see a very different outcome and a result. And that's why when the inspiration of God, when the anointing of God came upon the characters of God's family in the Old Testament, the writers of the Old Testament, even, even before the Holy Ghost was given, that inspiration struck Abel, and Abel brought a sacrifice correctly. Abel became Rema. And he, wasn't, he couldn't even be born again, but he did become a manifestation of a revelation. He did it. See? It happened to Abraham. It happened to Moses. It happened to David. It happened to Isaiah. It happened to John the Baptist. So whenever it strikes a child of God, it definitely has a different effect than when it strikes a non-child of God. It crossed into the New Testament and struck Peter. Peter stood there in Matthew 16 and he had a revelation. said, who do men say that I am? You're the Christ, son of the living God. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that, Peter. My father revealed it. So Peter caught a revelation. He wasn't even yet born again. You understand the difference? It struck the woman at the well. Uh, Brother Branham goes to St. John 4. You know, I, I, I can't confess that I've ever did a, a thorough count, but just in my experience of reading through the message all these many years, I would say other than maybe Mark 16 and maybe Hebrews 13, 8, John 4, the woman at the well, Brother Branham goes back to that more than any other scripture, especially in the prayer line. And people are coming up. He says, now here we have, here's a woman, and now we have a perfect scene of St. John 4. A woman approaches. A conversation ensues. Woman, bring me a drink. You know the story. And, and they go on down to verse 23, and, and she, she, she starts immediately turning religious. You know, we know that, you know, this is going to happen in Messiah when he comes. And, and, and Jesus says, the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers. So if there's true worshipers, Jesus is talking about the time is and is coming. In other words, it's already in me and it's about to come in my kingdom. You understand that? The time, he says, and now is, the hour cometh and now is. It's coming when you will be like me. That's the prophecy. 
There's coming a time. It already is in existence in me, but it's coming in you. And the true worshipers. So if, so if there's going to be true worshipers in the era of the Holy Ghost, then there would also have to be false ones. Because you can't, you can't have a counterfeit without a real. And you're not likely, you're not going to have a real without the devil counterfeiting it. He's done it since the aeons of, of time, of history. He's always counterfeited what God does because he wants to be God. He's always wanted to be. Isaiah outed him for that, even though Satan was pretty upset when that happened. But Isaiah outed him publicly that that was the desire of his heart, to be like God, to conquer you. You know something, friends, let me tell you, let me give you some insider supernatural uh, God's army military intelligence. Satan wants your position. He wants you out of it so he can take it. I want to say to you, don't let that happen. Teenagers, don't let that happen. You are entitled by that day on Calvary. You are entitled as a child of God to stand in the steps of Christ, to perform his work. Don't let Satan edge you out of your inheritance. The true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. See, the problem is, sister, you know, you're, you're saying in this mountain or that mountain, and we say in Jerusalem, but I'm just telling you, after a while, it ain't going to matter where you live or where you worship, only that you do. Only that you do it in truth and in, and in spirit, that you're not a hypocrite about it. Because there are going to be those who in vain they worship me, teaching for doctrine the, the commandments of men. And it says, and God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith to him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all, all things. Jesus saith unto her, now catch this 26 and 27. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Verse 27, I didn't put it up here on purpose. And upon this, catch those three words. And upon this come his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou or why talkest thou with her? And verse 28, the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith unto all the men, come see a man, you know the story, who told me the things that I've done. So... <clears throat> The woman at the well in St. John 4, 26 and 27, in which he's going to say, and upon this, at, at, at which time, when it, when, it, when it says, and upon this, at that time, two things happened in rapid succession. Number one, the first thing that happened was the disciples uh, returned, but all voices were silent. And I'm here to tell you something, friends. It is in my experience that when this kind of supernatural revelation is breaking, I'm here to tell you all other voices are silent. You don't hear any other thing. The devil can just talk and talk and talk, and everybody can try to dissuade you and move you. But when God is pouring out his revelation upon a child of God, everybody falls silent. I just say, speak, Lord, speak, Lord, and I will listen. 
The second thing is the effect that it brings. For we see the woman leave her water pots and run with the testimony. In other words, we see the woman leave all other pursuits behind with all of her former pursuits and all of her former purposes. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter what you have invested in your life. You may, you may have invested in a career, an education. You may be in the middle of it right now. But when you come into the presence of Jesus and He begins to reveal Himself to you, suddenly all other pursuits, she dropped her water pots. She didn't care about that anymore. She didn't care about her past. She didn't care about her bad name. She ran into the city. And the Bible says she converted the whole village. This is the power of revelation. And it all is because that she had a gene of God, but also she was willing to engage with Christ. Are you willing today? Are you willing to take some time, set aside to engage with the Lord? I'll assure you, friends, say, well, Brother, Brother Jason, she wasn't even yet born again. I'll assure you that this experience at the well led her to the upper room. I'll promise you she was among those 120. Oh, yes, sir. And Brother Branham showed she's, a, she's literally a type of this bride in the last age. Because if there was ever an age where we come out of the worst possible condition, I mean, if you were raised in a good home, you have a great advantage. But many of us weren't. And many of us were and still went out into the gutters of the world. But oh, God is rich in mercy. And Jesus said, I must needs go by Samaria. I'm glad one day he said, I must go. I must needs go by Newton, North Carolina. I got a young man who's not giving his whole heart to me. And when he found me and I found him, oh, it was such a privilege to give my whole heart to him. See, so the result, so it, it's, it's the, the new birth. I'm going to say this very carefully. So the new birth by the Holy Ghost, uh, it, that isn't necessary for this phenomenon of the anointing to fall upon you. It's not for God's inspiration to fall upon you. Uh, nor, nor is it, as I proved to you, it's not even necessary that you have a gene of God. But the result will be different if there's a gene of God. The result will be different if it's a child of God. Moreover, it takes the quickening. I'm here to tell you something. It, it takes the quickening of the Spirit. It takes the revelation of the Word upon our heart to bring anyone to the new birth. To bring you to the living Word takes the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It, this is why Brother Branham would say when they ask him, what is the new birth, Brother Branham? And he would say, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ who is the Word, Right? It, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. And Brother Branham says right behind his own statement, Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. That's a, that's a double something when a prophet makes a statement and says amen to his own statement. Amen. I'm here to tell you, say, why amen? I believe it's because that this life produces an amen in the voice of your life. I don't believe you can come to a revelation of God and stay the way you are. It's impossible. It changes. Paul said all things are, are all old things are gone and all things become new. 
The worshiper once purged has no more conscience of sin. Brother Branham says all desires of the world are gone from him. See, then he's, all he's got to do then is contend with his flesh. And that's where abiding comes in. You can't redeem yourself, but it's up to you. But it's up. The Bible says the bride hath made herself ready. See, it's up to you to abide in him to bring forth fruit. So this, this, this anointing, this revelation of the word creates rima in you. It makes an amen in the voice of your lived life. The, the gene seed, which is also the word. That's why Brother Ram said two omnipotence met. It's the word meeting the word. See, this is why you say amen to the word because you can't say otherwise. <laughs> I, I had no choice but to fall in love with Sister Debbie. Say, <laughs> so you could have ran. I tried. I didn't get far. <laughs> then she played hard to get and actually killed me. Hey Amen. I had to come back crawling on hands and knees. <laughs> oh, I didn't know she'd already captured my heart and I tried to run off without it and realized I didn't have it anymore. But that's the way it is with Christ. It makes the word a perpetual and continual rima in your life. All right? Is this all making sense to you? So a life renewed daily by time spent with the Lord in prayer. I'm, I'm clicking along. Just stay right with me. It's an entering into a partnership with Christ to influence the world around you. It's a, it's a faith and, and a reality that, that comes down from heaven. It brings down a supernatural power into the world. Your dedicated life, your prayer life, your commitment, your abiding makes you a conduit. It brings down the supernatural power of God to move in the earth. Understand, when Jesus was here physically, the supernatural power of God moved in the earth. Well, he's in heaven now. So now he comes into the earth through his family. And now you are a projector of the supernatural power of God. See? To bring, to do what? To bring glory to the Father. So this is why Jesus would say, herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, in the, and so shall you be my disciples. So when you're his disciple, when you're bearing forth fruit, then I'm here to tell you that gives you the power to walk into any situation. Doesn't matter. You are a conquering force in any situation the Lord leads you into. You accept that today. You, 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 you're, you're the one who can walk into any situation and take every spirit under your control for the glory of God. You're the one who can apply a token over a home. And because you say it, God honors it and it sticks. Hallelujah. That's paying big dividends to Brother Joe and Sister Becky today because they signed and sealed it with the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This kind of power will, will bring order out of disorder. It'll turn chaos into beauty. I don't care what's happened. It'll beautify your life. It'll cast out devils. It'll heal the sick. It'll raise the dead. We've seen it happen. It's a living word that's brought to life 
by an experience of the Holy Ghost, that living word. Listen, friends, it's that living word that can never die or face the judgment. It's passed from death to eternal life. That eternal life is alive in you. And it's, 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 it's alive in you. And it, what it's really doing is daily, that part of you is already in heavenly places with Christ. It's trying to get your body there. It's, it's not just trying to get your soul there. Now it's working on getting this flesh there. Hallelujah. Abide in me. As you can do nothing unless you abide in me. So I'm believing that, and as I said to the ministry, I'm more convinced that this is an emphasis that we must make. I believe it'll bring more faith. I believe it'll bring more resolve. I believe it'll bring more power. Uh, you know, it would produce power over evil in your life. How many want that? The power of God would move through you constantly. It would be, listen, friends, it would be out of that kind of life that the redemptive blessings flow. That's why Jesus is emphasizing it. Abide in me so that you can be fruitful, so that you can bring your fruitfulness will bring glory to God. You've got the Holy Ghost is coming. I'm leaving. A little while the world won't see me, but you'll see me. It's a secret. You don't understand it now, but you will. I'm going to be with you even in you. And the life you see in me is going to be in you. And the ministry you see in me is going to be in you. If you want to operate it like you see me operate it, then live like I live. Spend time in prayer. Spend time with the Lord. Dedicate yourself. Uh, 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 abide in that presence. Because it's out of that kind of life that the redemptive blessings of Calvary, all the blessings that Calvary purchased, and everything that the Holy Ghost sealed in you, Oh, I'm here to tell you something, friends. Out of that life would flow all the fruits of the Spirit. You believe me? Amen. It would give you power over your tongue and your temper. It would give you power over your flesh. It would give you power. I'm preaching about real power to live an overcoming life, to stop getting drugged around by the devil. You don't have to do that, young people. You can be full of the power of Almighty God. Amen. Hallelujah. By accepting Jesus in faith, uh, Andrew Murray said this, by accepting Jesus in faith as he offers himself to us, he and his word, we surrender ourselves completely to him, to his every word. And so in other, in other words, by accepting him in, in the way he offers. And the way he's offering it to you is through a surrendered life. So you're not going to cheat him. You're not just going to walk up and say, I need some power over devils, so I, Lord, I believe the message. Well, but what has it done in your life? What have you allowed? You think I'm going to, you think I have the, the low, God would be saying to you, you think I have the low character to give heavenly power to you and you don't even have enough zeal to spend an hour with me in prayer. God would never, the, 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 the tutor would never give that, that kind of power out. God's got too much character. He knows that power apart from character is satanic. doesn't mean you're the devil, but it means Satan can get a hold of your life and use the power of God wrongly. All right, let me quickly move on. 
think I'm going to make it today. The seed is not air with a shock. Now we see that there are three in the perfection. God is perfected in threes now, and that was in the perfection of the seed of Abraham, was Ishmael and Isaac and Jesus. He's perfected in threes, Ishmael, Isaac, and Jesus. Ishmael coming from the bondwoman, see? Isaac coming from the free woman, and both of them with sex, but Christ Jesus coming from the virgin with no sex. See? Now, that's how the church starts. That's how it always starts. And here we find the beginning of the promise of God being made manifest through a slightly doubted, interrupted program of God. So, <laughs> first of all, Sarah slightly doubted the word and said to Abraham, take, take Hagar, which they picked up Hagar in Egypt. The Bible teaches us that. Brother Bram said that on tape, that they picked up Hagar in Egypt. And, 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 and why were they in Egypt? Because Abraham was backslid. He ran for it when, when life got a little hard in the promised land. Oh, come on, friends. Listen, the Bible, the Bible doesn't say Abraham never stumbled. The Bible says Abraham never stumbled at the promise. I'm so glad of that because I've stumbled all kinds of times, but I've never stumbled at the promise. Mm -hmm. And just like the Lord brought Abraham out and nearly, nearly cost him everything he had and he gets Hagar, and, and I've said this, Israel is to this day paying for that because that brought forth Ishmael and it brought forth a wild man and they're untamable, and Israel's had to fight them ever since. So don't do that. You don't have to do it. That's a word slightly doubted. See? And so you say, all right, so, but, but then Sarah was the right womb. So now it's Abraham. First it was the right seed in the wrong womb. Now it's the right seed in the right womb, but it's still coming by sex, so it's still... Not the, not, the, not the genesis. It's not the original. Understand, that started in Eve. And so, so we find out that, that, that Jesus comes perfect. God is perfected. He was perfected. It didn't matter that the... And Brother Brown says that's what the church does. It always starts. That's how it always starts. And here we find on, on what? A promise slightly doubted. Oh, I know the Bible says that, but I don't think it means that to, for me in this hour. I know what it says about women, you know, in the Old Testament, uh, you know, not wearing a garment that pertains to a man, but that's the Old Testament. I know Paul said that a woman shouldn't cut her hair, but that's Paul. He was just an old woman hater. And, 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 and that's, the, that's take, but I believe in Jesus. That's taking the word and trying to make it live when you're doubting the promise. You've got to take all the word. See? And so here we find the beginning of the promise of God being made manifest through a slightly doubted, interrupted program of God. And here's Sarah, even to who the promise, Sarah being a woman, which is a type of the church, gave doubt to the original program of God's promised word. See, just bypassing one little iota changed the whole program. This is... This is exactly why the church, even the true church, we're not talking about the bride, we're talking about the foolish virgin, the remnant of the woman's seed. This is why they missed the rapture. 
because they don't accept all the word of God. They do accept Christ, but it's a promise slightly doubted. And because, they don't, and because of that, they don't receive the new birth because there's no way to receive the new birth doubting any promise of God. Is, there's no way, no person in the Bible has ever found right standing in the presence of God with denying any part of his word. Now, maybe it, the whole thing wasn't revealed to them, but whatever was revealed, they accepted it. In the ages, they didn't have the full word, but what they had, they accepted it. And that was enough to get them in the first resurrection. Don't, Brother Ram said, don't say Luther didn't have the Holy Ghost. He did. Don't say he was, wasn't born again. He was. Even though he didn't have the whole word because you can't disbelieve what you don't know. But when you can see it and God makes it plain, you, if you want to be born again, you have to agree to it and let your life die out and come as a new, a new creation. Amen. See? So, so he says... Um, therefore, we've got to take every word of God as thus saith the Lord. Every word of God is true. Whoops. Last one. Church natural, church spiritual. There is a church natural, but these women here type, and there's a church spiritual also. So the natural church and the spiritual church cannot be heirs together. They are two different, separate times, two different, separate peoples under two different, separate covenants. So the church is, uh, is under the Lamb's book. Uh, the church is under the book of life. The bride is found in the, the section of election in the Lamb's book of life. That special section of election. All right, now, so when we, when we see this coming forth, you know, Paul says in Hebrews 12.1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses. See, and I'm here to tell you something, friends. They're ready to be back among us. I feel it, the depths of my soul. I believe that the world is wrapping up and soon we'll be in glory. Oh, this is a time to make your calling and election sure. This is the time to check up. This is the time to make sure the token, not that you just have it, but you have it on display. That's the only thing the devil fears. So, you know, so when, so when Brother Branham has given us those quotes that it's the queen, it's the king and the queen that we read, then, then what will we do? What is our obligation? I just say with Paul, lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Amen. How many will accept that? Say, what, sh what should we do, St. Paul? And Paul would say, purge yourself from ungodliness. Cast down vain imaginations. Flee youthful lust. Follow after righteousness. It's then, it's then, it's then that the Holy Spirit will do the supernatural work of making the Word to be spirit and life in your life. That's the secret to fulfilling John 6, 63. See, the words that I give to you, as Jesus said in St. John 15, 
our logos, but he comes right down in the seventh verse and now it's beginning to be something more than just the established word. He's calling for you to become the word. That's what I want. His spirit, his life living within my life. I want me out of the way. Oh, God, I want me out of the way. Oh, I want to abide in him. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up. You still with me? I want to finish. Can I do it? I just need maybe 10 more minutes, 15 at the most. I'm sure I can see, I can see the end. We've talked a lot about Mary being the prototype. Because remember, it was Ishmael. I'm sorry. It was Hagar. Then it was Sarah. Then Brother Branham, when he goes on to type it, he gives the type that it's, it's actually the bride. It's you and I, see, who come by the virgin-born word of God, see. And so, so and Mary is actually the example for us to believe. So the revelation of the word and our deep surrender to Christ Right here at the finish line. Oh, I wish I had a megaphone to the world. Right here at the finish line. This is what is going to make us the living word that God can work through. It's up to you, friends. Or you want to be the living word that God can work through. You say, yeah, but, but Brother Jason, Mary was highly favored. <laughs> What's the meaning of grace? The unmerited favor... She's a type of you. She couldn't produce that. Neither can you. But she could believe it. So can you. God made it her into it. He will you too. Hallelujah. You say, oh, I, I, I wish I was there with Mary. You are. You are with Mary. Right now you're with Mary. Oh, friends, Mary being highly favored. That was just a prototype for us. Because she could believe the impossible. And I'm going to tell you something. Inspiration comes to the inspirable. Absolutely does. So it's the Lamb's book of his elected family. See, that's the one God is dealing with through the, through the origin. People whose origin is from the word, the, the, the same word that was with God and was God. And then the next verse says, the same was in the beginning with God. It's not another Jesus. It's a family. Brother Branham said, when God said, let us make man in our image, he made his whole family. You were right there in Genesis, friends. You were part of the Word. Jesus was the Word. You were in Christ. He's the elected Son. I'm in Christ. I came from Him. See? So it's all the family of God whose origin was in Jesus at the beginning. You know, it's interesting because scholars who are critics, by the way, generally speaking, uh, and I'm particularly talking about critics, they claim, they actually claim to be Christians, but they actually claim that Jesus wasn't even divine. They claim that actually the real critics, they claim that, you know, he, Brother Bram talks about how, you know, they said, oh, he just drank mandrake weed and he didn't really die. It was all a fake death. Remember that? And they, they teach that to this day. It was all a fake death. No, he was just a man. And that's Gnosticism. He was just a man. And he, 
In fact is, after his fake death and then his fake resurrection, then he moved off to India and went up into India and you know, married an Indian wife and settled down and had a family and raised children and died in obscurity. That's what they actually believe. <laughs> now, don't throw a, rig, a rock at me, but, you know, they're, they're right to a point. <laughs> he did go to India, but not, not in his body. He went in the body of Thomas. Amen? And he did have an Indian wife. And he's still birthing wives in India today. Hallelujah. See, it wasn't Jesus that died. It was Thomas that died. But Christ went into India in Thomas. And he birthed an Indian nation of the bride of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And he's still doing it today. Oh, my friends, I'm telling you, they're scattered all around the world. He's got disciples. The lightning that started in the east has traveled to the west, and we are observing it today. I don't care what the critics say. He lives. I know he lives. He lives in me. Oh, my, that same Jesus is alive today. Here he is in the furthest west. Amen. I believe it. We found out in our study that as Brother Branham said, there's another you. I thought about that interestingly in a way that never occurred to me before. And it was almost amusing. And I don't have a quote for it, so you can throw it out if you want to. But Brother Branham said, you know, I found out there's another me. He said, there was another William Branham down in me. Now, here's what we do know by the teaching of the Word. That the, there's a one me that fails constantly. There's another me that never does. Hallelujah. And it's that other me that's got this me on a journey to a change. Oh, hallelujah, there's another you. Oh, I know you have mistakes, but there's another you. There's another you. There's another one that doesn't disbelieve God's word. And I thought to myself, gee, he's still sending them out two by two. (laughs) He's sending them out two by two. If I'm not with anybody, I'm with this old flesh. But this ain't the real me. Hallelujah. There's another me that never doubts his word and always is an overcomer. Oh, my. Brother Branham says here, finally, you've got two slides left. He says the dynamics, this is very familiar. We read it a lot. The dynamics of this church will be a refilling of the Holy Spirit that we have worked in a small measure while the headstone is coming down to unite with the body. But when that head and body unites together, the full power of the Holy Ghost would raise her up just exactly like that. Even the dead that's dead in Christ for hundreds of years ago will rise in the beauty, friends. We're so close to that. Rise in the beauty of His holiness and take a flight to the skies. And now, and then look what he says in this next one. Now the dynamics of this great regime that they got built This big machine will work someday in the United Council of of the World Council of Churches, which will make a forcing, see? So, So I can say to you today, that sure is moving at a pace. Then why would I not be? Say, well, I don't feel like him. I don't care how you feel. There's another you. Hallelujah. It's not about this old man. Hallelujah. This world, this body is not my home. I got a heavenly body waiting. 
Oh, glory to God, friends. This is exactly why that when the Word of God, when when the Word of God comes to us, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ to you personally. Can you witness that today? Say, I can't even always explain it, but I know whom I have believed. You're going to need that kind of experience, friends. The deception is too great. Let Let me leave you with this as I go off the air. You're going to need it. The deception that you face and that your children face is dire. Jesus said, There shall arise false Christ and false prophets. They shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. A people so hypnotized by that beast system that they're literally moving in concert with the ideology of the beast himself. As Brother Matthew Watkins preached some time ago, that's why it's, it's astonishing to us. How can people read about the tribulation in this book and read what it does and read about the, the false prophet and read about the Antichrist and how that he'll take over the world and the people will and how the, the description is so clear. How would they do it? Who in their right mind would do it? That's just it. They won't be in their right mind. The very things that they're feeding off of right now in Hollywood, in social media, in professional sports. I'm here to tell you something, friends. That stuff is a, is a fountain of poison. I understand we live lives. I understand. I get it. We, we have this connection and that connection. But I'm here to tell you, don't be deceived. That beast system is using that stuff to capture the minds of your family and your children. Social media is rife with it. Oh, no wonder we need a token applied home. Literally a false revelation, a great delusion, as Jesus called it. A great delusion. So don't be caught off guard. Don't disregard this series. Nine parts. We're finishing today. Nine parts. Don't be caught off guard. The Lord has warned us that this is the hour when He's looking for total and complete surrender. I want to do it. How about you? Amen. Since I have the gene of God, I can do it. Since I have the gene of God, Mary's my kinfolk. <laughs> She's my family. She's my kin. The only thing that separates us is time. Say, oh, I want to be there. She wants to be here. You understand as much as you want to go there, that whole entire heavenly host is wanting to come back here. They want to come back into bodies. They want to come back on the earth. Hallelujah. Oh, my. I'm done. I'm finished. You can stand. God bless you, friends. I think we've made our point clear, overwhelming, and repeated a lot of it enough and enough till I think the nail is clenched. I just want my faith to be like her faith. How about you? Amen. The same word in me, it was in her. If that's true, the same anointing that was on her is on me. And if that changed her mortal body, did it? Did it change her mortal body? It sure did. It not only changed her mortal body, it filled her with the Holy Ghost, gave her a word body she's living in now. She's not the queen of heaven. No. The bride all down through the ages 
is the queen of heaven. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Say, Brother Jason, after all that's over, <clears throat> something for me, Brother Andrew. After all that's over, of coming, you've convinced me that we've come to that final chapter. And we have. And the earth is glad. The earth is desiring to become new. All nature is groaning for you and I to come into the fullness of adoption. All the earth is longing for it. All those on the other side are longing for it. God has literally rested the, the last move on me and you. A guy in volunteers today. Amen. Amen. I'll take up that mantle, Lord. Amen. Hands everywhere. Bow your heads with me. Lord, we realize that after it's all said and done and everything is finished, then John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. I'm grateful for that, Lord. I'm grateful to know that we are on our way there and nothing can by any means stop it. I just, Lord, it's not about your word getting stopped. It's not about me losing my redemptive position in Christ. It's not about that. It's not about me losing my gene of God or, or I've, I've, I, the Bible says I've passed from death to life. It can never come into the judgment. It's not about that, Lord, but it, it's about this, that some bring forth 30, some bring forth 60, some bring forth 100. Whatever you've ordained for me to be, I want to be 100% of it. Maybe you've only ordained some to be a 42. Well, then I, if that's me, I want to be 100% of that. Some maybe you've ordained to be a 78. Maybe others a 96. Maybe some, Lord, uh, you've ordained to be a 100. Then, it's, then I want to be whatever you want me to be. I just don't want to come up short, Lord. I don't need to be more than I'm entitled to be. I just want to be everything I'm entitled to be. I thank you that I was able to finish this today. I thank you that I believe in my heart that the teaching is there. It's in nine parts, Lord. It's, it'll, I'll stand on the day of judgment and give an account for it, Lord. I believe you taught it to me. I believe that we underscored it with enough scriptures and enough quotes. And I believe that believers see it. Now, Lord, now my prayer is how many will crave it and desire it to the level that you're willing to say, Lord, less of me, more of you. Less of me, more of you. Till there's none of me left and it's all you. I thank you today. I thank you, Lord, as we prepare to change the order of the service and have a wonderful victory, Lord, in a baptism. But just before we transition there, Lord, maybe we'll sing a song or two and worship you. Give the Holy Spirit time to water the gospel seed the seed of the word that has been sown today. It's good seed. You said it's good seed. It'll grow. Grant it, Lord, today that we'll be willing to, to, to let it grow, to let the word of God dwell in us richly. We're willing to be fruitful. We're willing to abide in him. I commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's join in, Brother Kenny. In your presence. 
Oh, just for a few minutes now. That's where I am strong in your presence. Amen, brother oh, Luther. Lord, come on and start transitioning. We don't have to move you guys. That's where I belong, seeking your face, touching your grace. In the cleft of the rock, in your presence, O oh God, in your presence, that's where I am strong, in your presence, O oh Lord, my God, in your presence, that's where I belong, seeking your face, touching your grace, in the cleft of the In your prayer. 
where I belong, seeking your face, touching your grace. In your presence, O oh God, I want to go where the rivers cannot overflow me where my feet are on the rock i wanna hide where the blazing fire cannot hurt me in your presence oh god lift it up in your Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a privilege. Amen. Amen. We are here today and counted a great joy in the Lord Amen. to baptize. I imagine this is a rebaptism, Brother Josh. Praise the Lord. I, you know, I get that question sometimes, occasionally. People who've been baptized and then straight out into the world come back to the Lord and they've got this question. The devil starts battling them. Oh, you know, should I be baptized? Should I not? I already did. If I do it again, it, it's my faith. No, what, what? You know, <laughs> and I used to love the old uh, thinking of uh, dear old war veteran, uh, Brother Homer Brown. Amen. Brother Keith Brown's dad. And Brother Homer, he would, he said, anytime people would ask that question, he'd say, bless God, it's an easy answer. <laughs> and he said, if you want, if you think you need to be baptized again, just do it. Just do it. No sense arguing. No sense worrying. Just do it. <laughs> Amen. And I never forgot that. And I have seen that bring victory to more people to just, just basically tell the devil, shut up. Amen. You ain't nobody. The Lord has redeemed me back. Shut your mouth. Amen. Now that's on tape. <laughs> shut your mouth. Remember Brother Branham? Said Satan tries to say, shut your mouth. Said faith, faith says, shut your mouth. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. So if, if your little ones look at me and look at you and say, Brother Jason said, shut up, just change it to shut your mouth. Well, actually, just never mind. <laughs> oh, Brother Josh, this is wonderful. Praise yes, the Lord. Amen. amen. What's your full name, Brother Josh? Joshua Lee Morehouse. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Oh, God, what a victory this is today. This is just symbolism, Lord. It's, it's all it is. It doesn't save a man. It doesn't even clean a man. Lord, you're, we're clean by the washing of the water of the word. We're clean by your word. You said that in, in John's gospel. Now you're clean by the word. Lord, we're, we're held by the blood. All of these things are, are you, Lord. Nothing we could do on our own. It's all in Christ. 
All we could do is, like Mary, say amen to every word. Be it unto me according to thy word. Father, now our brother, Lord, like many of us, Lord, uh, had a time in his life where he moved away from you, but you always were watching him, Lord. You never let the devil take his life. The devil would have done it many times, but you've protected him to bring him to this hour. Lord, now we're going to rebaptize him again, and he's believing, we're believing the Holy Spirit. Lord, will fill him head to toe, and from this hour, he'll be marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. Lord, it's a, it's, it's a pleasure, it's a privilege, it thrills our heart to see the victory of the Word of God. That's why I preach. That's why we assemble. We want to see the victory for the Word of God. That's all William Branham ever wanted. He said, I just wanted to see Christ be glorified and the bride dressed in the garment of the Word like the Bible says she would be. Lord, may you take his sincere heart right now. Make it ever yours in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Brother Josh, now you can... Hold your nose or if you cover it, if you want to, I'm just going to take straight back, straight up. Brother Josh, Brother Joshua Lee Morehouse, with great privilege, I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's your pal, buddy. Amen. Sing, Brother Kenny. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you.